The Cincinnati Reds' biggest strength is also their biggest weakness. I'll explain why on today's Locked On Reds. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds with myself, Jeff Carr. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan that has turned an addiction into information for you. I want to thank you for taking time out of your day to listen to me talk some Reds with you. I encourage you, if you're listening, hit me up on Twitter. Or if you're watching here on YouTube and this is your first time or if this is your millionth time, whatever, how many times, uh, drop down in the comments section and give us a thought uh, about this Reds team because talking Reds is what I do. And I want to talk Reds with you. Locked On Reds is part of the Locked On Podcast Network. We are your team every day. If you listen every day, let me know that you're an everyday or in that comment section down below. Always appreciate hearing from our everydayers. Coming up, uh, the, the series loss to the Miami Marlins has pointed out something to me that I think we need to talk about. Um, I'm going to give you who my biggest surprise of the year is, and I don't know that it's going to change between now and the end of the year. That's why I'm going to go ahead and call it right now as to the biggest surprise player for me. And then coming up in the third segment, just kind of want to peel back the curtain a little bit. Talk about this season as it pertains to being a Reds fan. Before we get into all of that, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is brought to you by GameTime. Download the GameTime app today and enter the promo code LOCKEDONMLB to save $20 off your first purchase. That's the GameTime app. They have the lowest prices on last-second tickets guaranteed. Where we will start today, and it was something that I thought, you know, the big inning for the Red Legs whenever Spencer Steer and Christian Encarnacion Strand both homered. You're thinking, boy, oh boy, we've got a great game in store for the Red Legs. And really, for the most part, Graham Ashcraft pitched beautifully, and you thought the Reds had a win. Really a bummer of a loss. And to be quite honest with you, it's it's one of those losses that kind of make you take a look in the optimistic mirror. That's what we're going to talk about coming up later on in the show. But I, I, I thought this at the time that the biggest strength of this Reds roster is its young players, obviously. The first year and the second year players have what, it's been what's driven this team all year long. It's the reason that it had one of the best winning streaks that the franchise has ever seen. It's the reason that they're above 500. It's also the reason that if someone is looking at this team from the outside and saying, here's why they're not going to make the playoffs, it's going to be for the young roster. Hear me out on this, because as amazing as Matt McClain and Ellie De La Cruz and Spencer Steer and Andrew Abbott and Brandon Williamson and dear Lord, if I named every list, that would pretty much take up this entire first segment of the show. But there's been so many great contributors on the rookie and sophomore side for this team. But I think when you look at that, the biggest strength of this team for the Reds is also its biggest weakness. Let's look at a couple reasons why. Because the hardest part about a major league season is its length. And these guys are not used to it. You can, you can 
quote at bat statistics and games played statistics through the minor leagues, all that you want. These guys are in the middle of a developmental system when they're in the minor leagues that the Reds carefully monitor their workload. And they're still monitoring. And it's not as if they get to the major leagues and people just stop worrying about this. But there is an element of stress that these guys have never experienced, that they are experiencing on a daily basis almost as often, if not more often, than they ever have in their lives. This isn't an excuse. This is just a fact of life. When you're looking at this ball club, we saw it yesterday. Ian Jabot pitching fine in the eighth inning. And everyone's like, why on earth did David Bell take him out for Sam Mall? Ian Jabot got two easy outs. He's a perfect case in point here. That was his 54th appearance on the season. That's 21 more games than he's ever pitched at the major league level. And he's actually been around a few years. He's not a, he's not a rookie or a sophomore type dude. He's just a dude that's finally starting to kind of catch on a little bit. And when you, you see the amount of high leverage innings, he's also pitching that in and of itself is far more than he's ever experienced. So there's a different level of tired. I mean, Alexis Diaz, sure, he had 59 appearances last year, and he hasn't quite hit that total yet this year. He will. He probably will next week. And when you look at the the stress index, there's, there's a, a statistics on baseball reference called leverage index, and there's high leverage, medium leverage, low leverage. He has had so many high leverage appearances this year blows out of the water what he did in his rookie season. And don't come to me with any sort of minor league stuff. You don't experience that kind of stress down there. The guys that have largely, I mean, think about how the bullpen pulled them through that winning streak. Think about how the bullpen pulled them through the month of June and first part of July. The bullpen was as much a reason as the lineup as to why this team was winning so much. But the bullpen is tired, and it's a different kind of tired than they've ever experienced in their career. It's a different kind of tired than you and me understand. Because as much as we want to say, well, he throws one inning three times a week and he's tired, it's a different kind of tired, man. This bullpen, and, and it showed it. And, and look, the reason that David Bell, and we're not going to belabor this because people want to go crazy about the one move that David Bell made, and that's the reason that they lost. Up until the point that Sam Mall came in and gave up the game that ended up being the loss for the Reds against the Marlins, he had pitched pretty well in Reds uniform, hadn't allowed a run. He only allowed like three hits, and he had like nine strikeouts. He was looking like he was nails. Until he wasn't, and that's just relief pitching. And sometimes those things just happen. But we're to the point in the season now where we've really got to look at this team and understand that when they struggle like this, it's because they're young. They're, they're, uh, when their number is called up, and this is another reason for me, for the young roster, is when their number's called up, they're going to be overly aggressive. They're going to go for it, man. They're going to go for everything that they possibly have on every single pitch, on every single swing, every single hit. People want to 
belabor the fact that Ellie De La Cruz looks like he is trying to swing for Kentucky with every swing that he has. But I tell you what, when he makes contact with it, it goes crazy. He just needs to learn to rein it in a little bit. And, and Ellie's kind of the guy that I'm looking at when you talk about the over-aggressiveness. It's a strength-weakness type deal. The whole idea, you know, biggest strength, it makes me think of like when you're in an interview with somebody and you're just like, well, you know, my weakness is actually my strength, you know, because, you know, I care too much. I work too hard. But when it comes to Ellie De La Cruz, we saw it yesterday. He had the the hit that Jazz Chisholm threw him out at second base. And I even said at the time, and I will I will continue to say this, I want to see him do that every time. Because it requires that kind of perfect throw that Jazz Chisholm made to get him out. But with that over aggressiveness, they're going to run them into some uh, run themselves into some outs. Kind of like he got picked off there. He was trying to time the pitcher, and it just didn't work. Sometimes it works, and he's on second base before the catcher even knows he needs to throw the ball. Other times, the pitcher waits a half second longer on his delivery, and he's able to pick him off. It's a mind game that the runner plays with the pitcher as much as any pitcher-batter mind game goes on. But when I saw this game, and I, I watched this game, and I saw how it unfolded, I'm seeing how the Reds have now lost eight of the, nine, uh, eight of the last nine games, and everyone's saying the sky is falling. Let me ask you this. Did you not see it coming? And when the Reds flip this around, and start winning at the end of August and through September? Are you going to be surprised then? Because this team is super talented, super young, and there's going to be ups and downs. They're not just going to go out there and win, win, win with no stress whatsoever. There's going to be ups and downs. I mean, think about where they're coming from. They had no established players. You can say Joey Votto. And as much as I love Joey Votto, he was not a guy that we were counting on to be an everyday type player. We've said this multiple times that we don't think he should be an everyday player. They should play the matchups. They should play him at DH. They should give him regular days off, but coming back from the injury that he had the start of this season, who was an established without a doubt, we know who he is major league ball player. And if you say Tyler Stevenson and Jonathan India, you're with me in the optimistic group because India coming off a bad year with injuries, Tyler Stevenson coming off a year with injuries, not sure what we're going to get. We've seen what it turned into. I, I just think that we've got to pump the brakes a little bit on this whole getting mad every time the Reds lose. You know, on a team full of surprises like the Reds, there is one who stands above the rest. I'll tell you who. Coming up next. Before we get into that, I want to tell you about Game Time. Game Time is the best way for you to get to the ballpark for your next game. They have amazing last-second deals, whether you're talking about you know games for the Reds, games for the Bengals. we got the preseason starting up. First preseason home games on Friday. Only preseason home game is on Friday. But even as the regular season gets into gear, Game Time is going to be your way to get to the stadium. I use it all the time. When I'm trying to go to a ball game, you can find the best deals anywhere. Seriously, Game Time guarantees it. They call it the Game Time Guarantee. If you go to another app, you find tickets in your row, your section, for a cheaper price than Game Time's offering, they're going to credit you 110% of the difference. That's 
how confident they are. I mean, that's that's crazy confident. So check out Game Time today. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On MLB for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Steve and I do this all the time. We will go down to the ballpark. We'll park, find our spot, go up to the banks, and then get on Game Time and find some good deals because they've got them. Last second tickets at the lowest price are guaranteed at Game Time. So download the app today. Enter the promo code LOCKDOWNMLB for $20 off your first purchase. And if you cannot be down at the ballpark, remember that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. And thanks as always, uh, thanks as always for making Lockdown Reds your first listen every day. Every dayers, we have a live show coming up Thursday today, depending on when you're watching, listening to this at 3 p.m. Eastern time, where you will get to drive the ship. So join us. Uh, Steve will be with me at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday. All right, I, I said this yesterday. We're going to talk about this a little bit because it's far away. There's this one dude who's been the the biggest surprise for me on the team. In a year that we are going to have probably multiple episodes, whenever it's all said and done, talking about all of the memories and all of the moments that we experienced in this season. Think about all the great stuff that we've seen, all, all the different players that have bloomed and blossomed and whatever planting word you can come up with for, you know, they're here, uh, that are just absolutely, we, we can't wait to see how they grow. The biggest surprise for me, though, is TJ Friedel. Think about this criteria because a surprise is not something you see coming. A surprise isn't something you called in spring training. And I said that Will Benson would be good. So he's not a surprise to me. We knew that Ellie De La Cruz is going to be super talented and just wow us with the different things that he does. We we thought that Matt McClain, Matt McClain is a, is a solid number two for me when it comes to biggest surprise, because I think we thought he'd be good. We didn't think he'd be this good, but TJ Friedel was a guy that I'm like, yeah, I mean, I think he's an outfielder for this team, probably a left-handed platoon for somebody, maybe somebody you can count on. Now he is bona fide. He is an everyday must play. I I don't like unless you're just trying to give him a day off. Unless he's he's physically kind of hurting a little bit, and you want to you want to give him time to heal. There's no reason to keep TJ Friedel out of the lineup. He has no splits for a left-handed hitter. There is no platoon split where you're worried about a left-handed pitcher throwing to him. Now. David Bell moves him down in the lineup whenever there's a left-handed pitcher that's starting on the mound for the opposing team, and that's fine. But he should play every day. He can get on base in a variety of ways. We've seen the power. The power's not, like, consistent. You're never going to think of him as a, you know, every time up he could probably uncork one and go deep. But I will say this. Every time that he is up to bat, he's got a chance to get on base. Of every... Red's player who has played 70 games so far this year, he has the highest on-base percentage. And the only person who's played in any amount of games this year for the Reds that has a higher on-base percentage than T.J. Friedel is Will Benson. 
And also consider this entering Wednesday. Now, Wednesday, TJ didn't have the best of games at the plate, but entering Wednesday, he was 12th in the league in batting average. 12th! He's played 90, I think it was 96 games that he's played this year. And he's 12th in the league in batting average. Been a few years since we could say that about a Reds player. But it's all coming from a guy that no one expected. And I think that even the most ardent supporters of TJ Friedel, the most optimistic Captain Chaos fans, didn't see this coming. Dude's 27 years old, and he looks like an absolute stud in the outfield. He's a pretty good fielder. Wish he had a little bit of a stronger arm, but he is smart. He has good range, good speed, good glove. You love to see him on the base paths. He leads the Reds in steals. I mean, there's there's no situation where I say that, you know, when TJ Friedel comes up, I'm looking for something to happen. I'm looking for a hit. I'm looking for, you know, he's going to lay down a bunt single. He's going to draw a walk and steal second. He is awesome. And I didn't expect that at all. And you're talking about a guy that not even the Reds expected that from. He was undrafted. Not the league didn't expect this from him. All 30 teams passed on the guy multiple, multiple times. And then the Reds get to sign him as an undrafted free agent. And he turns into this. Now, hopefully he can keep this up. Hopefully this is something that he just keeps doing year after year for the next couple of years. The Reds got him, you know, as uh, under control for a long time he was on that huge list that we had of players under team control. And and I know that he's a he's a candidate of people that were talking about, you know, you know, could the Reds package him in a deal for like a big time starter? Listen, when the Reds get into this postseason, the biggest need that they will have is bullpen depth. It's been a long time since we could look at this roster and say, not a whole lot of holes here. Just really need to revamp the bullpen and kind of help them out a little bit. But, I mean, they're not going to need to trade for a starter. We talked about the depth that they have in the organization right now of controllable players that are all good candidates to be starting pitchers for multiple years. They're not going to need to make this grandiose, you know, Juan Soto-type trade because of guys like TJ Friedel that just came out of nowhere and are everyday studs. I mean, far and away, biggest surprise for me. And I know that Steve joked yesterday on the podcast that, you know, whoever I pick, he's going to disagree with. I can't wait to hear why he disagrees. And he's going to say Matt McClain. Watch, I'm sure, you know, we'll see if he watches this and then he's just contrarian to be contrarian. But I bet, he probably doesn't hear this episode today or, or watch this episode before we do our live show. So just every day, make sure you join us at 3 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday for our live show just to see who Steve argues with me about the biggest surprise of because I guarantee you he's going to argue Matt McClain. But TJ Friedel was even less of a expected dude than Matt McClain was, and that's why he's the biggest surprise for me. So, along with, you know, looking at this Marlins series and how the Reds lost it and me thinking, well, you know, young roster, probably as much a weakness as it is a strength, also had me feeling some kind of way about Reds fandom. 
We're going to talk about that coming up next. Before we do, though, I wanted to uh, remind you that you can catch every pitch of the Reds' hometown broadcast with SiriusXM on the SXM app. Just search the word Reds. You can also follow the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform, including right here on YouTube. If this is your first time watching us, make sure you click that subscribe button and click that bell to get notified whenever we've got new content for you as we move throughout the season. Uh, there's there's always opportunities that we have impromptu lives, maybe an extra episode here or there. Uh, every so often, Steve gets the chance to talk to awesome people. If you have not checked out his interview with Connor Phillips, very good stuff, very enlightening interview with a dude who could be in the rotation I mean, any day now, let's, let's, let's face it. He's got the talent to be here. All right. I kind of want to end today's show on a bit of a discussion and please join me down in the comments section and let me know what you think about this because I love as much as I don't engage with it as much as others do. I love the vitriol that we've seen from Reds country during this time of losing. It's not really a losing. I mean, the one they've lost back to back games, they've lost eight of nine. And there's so many people that are like, Oh, the sky is falling. See, this is bad. Oh, this is so bad. The Reds were bordering on apathy just a year ago. And while Nick crawl was actually putting his plan into place last year, very few people saw this coming. And if we saw this coming, we were thinking 2024. Some of us were even saying 2025 before the Reds were playing meaningful baseball games again. And here it is 2023 and we're already there. I think the weirdest part about being a Reds fan at this juncture is the fact that they did so good in June in early July and late May, and, and that that almost two-month time frame where the Reds built this success that they are enjoying right now and the success that the amount of losing that they've done recently has us all completely worried. And I've talked about this on a podcast before that whether they make the playoffs or not, I am I consider this season a win. Make no mistake about it, they're going to hit their over. The the win-loss uh, over-under total was 65.5 before the season started. They could hit that next week, but they're definitely going to hit that. There's a really good shot that they get to 80 wins, which before the season, uh, Vegas had the odds at 100, or what was it, 11 to 1? Yeah, 11 to 1 for the Reds to win 80 games, not even be a winning team, just win 80 games. Nobody expected anything from this ball club. So being a fan of it and seeing their meteoric rise, seeing everybody talk about them and everybody saying, oh, look, see now the Reds, like everybody was talking about this year's Reds, like they were talking about last year's Orioles. What happened to last year's Orioles? They kind of collapsed down the stretch. They kind of ran into some issues and didn't hit that mark that they thought they could. And they also traded away some guys that people sort of, you know, looked sideways at those trades. They're not really worried about those trades now because the Orioles are probably the best team in baseball. 
It's it's like them and the Braves, they have an amazing argument between those two teams. But I think that knowing that just tells me if we don't make the playoffs this year, we know we can expect it next year. Felix Bautista, exactly same situation that Alexis Diaz is in. Felix Bautista this year has an argument, and, and, and without getting into this too much, but Felix Bautista has an argument for the Cy Young Award in the American League. Garrett Cole's probably going to win it, but Felix Bautista's right there. And there's been very few times in the history of baseball that a relief pitcher can say that. And I think, you know, last year, Felix Bautista was very good, and we had Connor Newcomb on from Lockdown Orioles uh, whenever the Reds and Orioles met about a month and a half ago. And I asked him, I said, what was the point where uh, in last year's season where the Orioles kind of started to take a dip? And he said, it's when Felix Bautista started looking tired. Alexis Diaz looks tired. Alexis Diaz is getting bashed in his last couple of outings, got bashed by the Marlins for that loss on Wednesday. And it kind of seems like he's starting to hit a downturn. He's had so many high leverage opportunities that he's pitched in and done so well in that the more and more that he keeps facing, the more and more he's just like, you just see him out on the mound and like he's working through it, but you can tell like in his mind, he's probably just like, Woo. All right. Another one. Oh boy. I think we're going to make it here. I think I can. Right. He's like the, the little engine that could on the mound. Um, but when it comes to where he's at in his season, it's very close to where Felix Bautista was last season and where the Orioles started to hit their downturn. Now, they still had a pretty decent season, and it set them up for this year, but they didn't make that division run. They didn't make the playoffs like I'm sure some of their fans had hoped whenever they saw this big streak and and, and and all the success that the Orioles experienced during the summer of last season. The Reds are right there. And they've accomplished so much this season that I think there's so many Reds fans who are going to dismiss them if they don't make the playoffs. And that's just wrong. And I'm not going to tell you how to be a fan. Like, you, you can be disappointed if they don't make the playoffs. I'm not going to be. And the reason that I think that it is wrong to feel that disappointment is to understand that we know the light at the end of the tunnel is close. If it's not this year, it's going to be next year because the Reds have their core in place. Nick Kroll knows what his marching orders should be. He knows what his plan should be this offseason for how he can set this team up to be a postseason team next year, without a doubt. Put them in the best position to succeed because the core is understood. And I mentioned it at the end of today's first segment, but it's worth mentioning again. Think about where this team came from. Last year, nothing was figured out. I mean, we knew that we had Green, Lodolo, and Ashcraft. And then coming into this year, Lodolo's been hurt. Didn't pitch all that great, and then he got hurt, and he was on the IL for so long. 
And Hunter Green hasn't been around for most of the good times this year. Most of the good times this year has just been the bullpen and Andrew Abbott. Graham Ashcraft's starting to come around. He's looking good. But I just, I think overall, this team has been built up this year. And to expect them to do what no team has ever done, don't rob yourself of enjoying this year. Because to expect them at this juncture to win the division, understand what you're expecting. No team since Major League Baseball started went from 100 losses to a division title the next year. None. Been a lot of good teams around, but you don't see that kind of turnaround I mean, ever you, you've never seen that. And, and I'm sure the list of teams that went from 100 losses to a winning record the next year is probably pretty small. I'd like to look at that list, but that's why like when the reds win and, and I get on here all happy and I'm just like, yeah, baby, we're back. It's because I'm so happy with how this season has gone. And the next time, I promise this, it's all you everydayers out there. You know, you know, I can get a little bit high on a win. You know, I I, I get a little bit overly excited. So the next time the Reds win a ball game, which is probably going to be tomorrow, they're playing the Pirates and they should beat them. But the next time that the Reds win a ball game, I won't do that. We'll talk about the win. We'll be excited about the win, but I will not say this is it. The Reds are back division title assured I'm not going to say that I'm just going to enjoy the win because I'm enjoying this season and you should too before we get out of here though I wanted to remind you one more time you can catch every pitch of the Reds hometown broadcast with Sirius XM just download the SXM app and search the word Reds but that'll wrap up this edition for the Lockdown Reds podcast thanks as always for making us your first listen every day every dayers make sure you join us 3 p.m. Eastern time on Thursday We've got a live show that you get to drive the ship. Hope to see you there. We'll see if uh, we'll see if Steve says he thinks that Matt McLean is the biggest surprise because I think he will. Uh, but until then, make sure that you keep it locked on Reds every single.